Hello, I'm Floss and I'm so happy that you can join me today on Exactly. Today is a very special one. I'm interviewing a friend of mine and I can't wait to chat with her today. Exactly is a permission slip to follow your curiosity and it's an invitation to ask all of the hard questions. I just want to create a space for nuanced conversation, for rage, for laughter, for sharing information, for sharing stories with people. I love people, I love women and like with everything I do in my work, whether it's my book or my podcast or live events, I always just want to bring people together. I think that social media can really reduce us in the eyes of others. I think it completely removes any form of human empathy. I've had fans and followers that have met me in real life and said that they can't believe I'm real and that I'm an actual person, that they thought I was this fictitious social media character because they'd viewed me entirely through a screen. But I totally understand what they mean because we're viewing people online. It's hard. It's a lot harder to empathize with those people. Um, and I, I believe that that's why we're a lot nastier online as well. Also probably a lot more bold when it comes to sliding into people's DMs. That's why it's easier to flirt with people online than it is to pick up someone in a bar. In a lot of ways, I feel like social media connects us, but it also creates a greater distance between us two. And today I'm joined by someone who knows this better than anyone. The amazing Emily Atak. Emily is an actor, comedian, and TV personality. She has her own show, she's super smart, and she's hilarious, and I can't wait to talk to her. She's actually a friend of mine. She invited me to her birthday last year through a mutual friend. I met her in person. She's one of the warmest, most lovely, and hilarious people that I've ever met in my life. I'm so excited to talk to her today and get to the nitty gritty of her upcoming documentary about sexual harassment. Emily, thank you so much for coming in today to chat with me. Hello, you're welcome. I'm going to ask you my quick fire questions. Yeah. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that sets your soul on fire? Oh, <laughs> cheesy bread. Cheesy bread. <laughs> Garlicky cheesy bread? Garlicky cheesy bread. Or anything to dip in something. Okay. Yeah. Okay, a little bit of camembert. Yeah, I can't, yeah. Believe I, I can't believe that was the first thing that came to my head. That's kind of worrying. You're hungry. I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that's, I'm always hungry. Always okay. hungry. Love a woman that's always meal. hungry. Always. Okay. Next question. What's the last photo you took? Uh, on my way here, okay. I copied an outfit of yours. I was like, I'm dressing up as you today because <laughs> I'm coming to see you. And I've dyed my hair yeah. pink anyway. You know? I know. Well, I'm <laughs> gonna have to dye pink now. <laughs> we can swap. We yeah. can swap looks. <laughs> okay. Next question. What's something that people frequently misunderstand or get wrong about you? Um, that I'm really kind of gobby and boisterous. I wouldn't say I'm like that at all. I'm actually mm. very soft and a very gentle okay. person. Why do you think people think you're gobby and boisterous? Well, I don't blame them for thinking it because, you know, <laughs> I have a big mouth and I stand on stage and I'm big show off, okay, you know. Nice. But I, I would say I have a lot of confidence, but maybe not as much self-esteem. So I do have okay. a very, I'm very soft-natured when you know me in person, mm. as you Absolutely. Know. Yeah. What would you say the difference is between confidence and self-esteem? Uh, the difference between confidence self-esteem I think confidence can be a surface level thing mm. I think self-esteem is kind of more within mm. um and I'm very good at kind of putting on a show okay yeah yeah so I mean obviously <laughs> okay next question uh finish this sentence I'm still a work in progress when it comes to myself yourself any particular area of yourself do a lot of people say that 
Yes. 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 Oh, that's interesting. Yes, because I feel like you have your public life and your private life and everyone assumes that you've got it all figured out if you're yeah. a public person. Oh my God, it's And the there's opposite. so much and it's like you just yeah. want to let people know there's so much I'm fucking working yeah. on. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's literally like the opposite of that. I, I think every day for me is a work in progress. I'm even discovering what milk I like in coffee. I yeah. still don't really know oat? that. Do you like oat milk? I'm trying to like it. Girly? That's the trendy milk. And yeah. I, I just like milk. Yeah. I don't want... Oh, okay. I don't want any like weird posh milk. Yeah. I just like milk so how are you at the moment i'm all right yeah yeah i'm okay i'm um stressed yeah always um i um i can't complain you know i've got lots of work and um have an amazing life yeah Mm -hmm. it's all good but you know it's stressful life is stressful but i'm okay yeah how are you i'm Oh, thanks for asking. I'm amazing. Good. I feel like I'm finally becoming more and more myself. Mm. It's weird since I dyed my hair pink. Yeah. Everything in my life has just kind of glued together. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like I'm starting to wear more colour. I'm starting to be more myself, starting to be more expressive. Um, I think that when it came to being a public person, it kind of scared me a little bit. And I just yeah. started to like tone down my appearance in public. Online, mm. I could be myself, but in public, I didn't want to be recognised. Right. I didn't want anyone, anyone to see me. Um, so I just kind of toned down everything down. I always it. find this really interesting, people that sort of find fame at first online, because it is a, it's a different thing. And it's about how, it, can you can you sort of battle it in the real world as well? Yeah, yeah hats off to you. You're doing it. Yeah. And I, everyone loves yeah, I think. So. Oh, cheers, darling. It was. Um, it was. I think it was kind of a gradual thing for me because I. I'd always put my artwork online and it was kind yeah. of slow. But then it was over the pandemic when I published my book that it all just kind of started to take off. But you've become famous through traditional media. Mm-hmm. How have you navigated that from such a young age? Also, God, um, I was seventeen when I did when I started the Inbetweeners, and the first episode aired and Instagram came out weeks after that. Mm. So I... Oh my God. Yeah, so I sort of... I was in this sitcom that didn't have the uh, the benefits of social media around mm. then to kind of hype it up and promote okay. it and everything. Yeah. So I'm always kind of really proud of the in-betweeners. Uh, mm. I mean, one, because it's obviously an amazing show <laughs> and it's done really well, but... <laughs> and you're fucking amazing at it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was... I always kind of remember... Wow, it was it was a show that kind of did its own self promotion without the use of the internet. Yes. You know, there was no. It was just so fucking good. Because uh, I remember what life was like before social media and how you had to graft in a different yeah. kind of way. You know, there were the lads mags then and all that. Yeah. That we did that to promote our work. You know, mm-hmm. that was the thing. Uh, if you were playing the new blonde girl next door, that's how you promoted work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was all very much. Look at me. Here's me. Here's my body. I've got boobs. Hi, getting a bit of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. You know, I'm a bit cheeky and flirty yeah, and yeah, fun. Yeah. But I was fine with that. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the way it was. And uh, I'm talking like I'm 80 years old, but like, <laughs> it changed it very quickly. Yeah. It, it's sort of, I'm looking at things now, how different they are when people kind of first start out. Yeah, because Charlotte was such a sexualized character mm. in The Inbetweeners. Mm. And I feel like you have been almost this because of the role that you played, which is fucking iconic. You've been an unfair victim of lad banter online yeah. for years and years and years where you'll be sexualized for doing something simple like take a fucking selfie in a taxi. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. And, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's so ridiculous. And I feel like it's this thing where women have to constantly be on the defense when they're in the media, be on the defense, constantly reinvent themselves, constantly do all of these things to be taken fucking seriously. Yeah. Oh my God, completely. And you know, there's no wonder sometimes you lose your way a little bit because mm. I remember, God, I've lost my way so many times in in the industry and in my personal life and everything. And I do think that being a woman is harder with mm. those things. And I'm generalizing a lot here now, but like 
as a boy, as a guy, you're sort of taught that you don't always need good looks. Mm. You don't need to be super bright. And people might have a go at me for saying that. Looks I are am the generalizing. most important thing for men. They're not the most important no, thing. No, we're, we're sort of told that like... If you're sexy and pretty, that will get you f further in life. But the catch you... is, is that it gets you in the rooms. So it doesn't keep you there. I feel like it's the most confusing thing to exist in a woman's body because yeah. we're taught that we should be using them because sex sells totally. and all this stuff and use your yeah. prettiness and apply the makeup and do the looks and constantly... As soon as you put a bit of weight on, it's like... Oh, you look like shit. You, you're, you're fat and ugly, and it's, it's like, oh well, what, what? Without my body, mm. what am I? And I felt like that before. I've sometimes felt like when I've had, you know, and I do gain weight sometimes. <laughs> I'm a woman, and I like, I being. like cheese and yeah, bread. Cheese, cheese, cheese and bread. <laughs> I like dips. I like wine, yeah. and I, you know, I like eating, and I love going out for dinner, and you know, all those lovely things. Starting out in the industry as someone who was sexy, or you know, whatever. It's sort of like now people go, oh, yeah, but you have to stay like that. You're not mm. allowed to, I'm not allowed to get older and I'm not allowed to have things drooping down. Yeah. And it gets you thinking, it goes on this like a spiral uh, in, into all these sorts of going, well, if people now think I'm fat and ugly mm. when I've always been known as slim and attractive, mm. it sounds so cringy saying that, but like you end up feeling so not validated in this world. And then you feel world. bad for yeah. feeling like that yeah. because you're supposed to love yourself and yeah. be this like role that's model another, for another all thing women. we have to do. <laughs> It's another thing we have to do. Oh, you've got to be body confident now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, God, I can't keep up with everything. Men don't have to really think about those things. No. Don't get me wrong. In there's, you know, there's the toxic masculinity world that we live in now, and it's, and I do think now social media has kind of introduced this whole new way of thinking for men, where they do think more about their looks and they are more insecure about their weight and things like that. You know, looking at all the Love Island bodies and all that kind of. Stuff. I'm not saying that it's not hard for men, but I am saying it is harder for women. Yeah, it <laughs> and has... it always has been. You can't change the history of time, and I really seen that fluctuation of people celebrating me for being slim and young and pretty mm. and then as I get older I kind of don't look like that anymore and people kind of really they go for you about it and I'm kind of like well I don't know what you what everyone wants. It reminds no, and they they don't know what they fucking want either no. because the goalpost for women is ever changing and ever moving. Yeah. So they're always going to dangle the carrot. So you're always like running to chase it, and you're just never going to get this yeah. reward. Yeah. And what you're saying reminds me of this quote: this woman called Naomi Wolf. She wrote a book called The Beauty Myth mm. about how prettiness, used as this currency, dangled like a carrot in front of women, is a myth. Yeah. And she says that women die twice. We die once when we actually die, but we actually die before, metaphorically, mm. when. Uh, it's bleak, it? Yeah, well, she's talking about exactly what you're saying, where yeah. people say, you don't look like this anymore. It's yeah. when she first experienced men looking past her yes. and men going after the younger women that she used to look like. Yes. And it's like, hang on a minute, oh, women, oh, what, what, what is even up with that? And then, you, you know, you're caveating everything you're saying. Well, well, of course, men as well. And I know that you're doing that to be responsible because, of course, there are issues. But that is it, what annoys me is this, we have to constantly yeah. caveat things uh, when... My heart starts beating really fast when I talk about it because I'm scared of being like... Because the the response I get constantly about this mm. is men get that as well, yes, and it's not yeah. all men, and I it's know. not, and it's like oh, so. I know and that. what annoys me about that is okay, <sighs> if, if if when I'm talking about the rates of sexual violence against women, you want to say, but what about men who get raped as well? You're leaving them out of the conversation. Go and have that conversation. Yeah. Why is the only time that you yeah. want to talk about male rape victims when a woman is talking about her experience? Yeah, with we assault? can talk about that, but not we're talking about this right now. Right now, yeah. Totally. And it's like it's, if the only time you're using that conversation is to like butt in when women are talking about their experiences with body with dieting, mm. whatever. Um, and also the, the other thing with that is that um, you can be as uh, beautiful 
as possible. You hear like uh, Emily Ratajkowski talks about body image in her book and everyone goes, but you're the most beautiful person on earth. It's body dysmorphia. It's an actual thing where you cannot, I hear my friends talking about themselves in the most hideous ways that it it makes me so upset because they could be the most stereotypically beautiful women and yet they're still not enough in the eyes of themselves when they look in the mirror. But it just shows you, doesn't it, that beauty doesn't get you where you want to be. It might, you know, it might... um, It opens doors. opens doors, gets you certain jobs, but in terms of where you're at with yourself, as women, we've been so brainwashed into thinking that it is this systematic thing that beauty is everything if you're a woman. And once Mm. that goes, once the blokes aren't whistling at you in the street anymore, it's all over. This, This is another thing I talk about a lot, and this is why... Uh, you know, just sort of um, normalized misogyny is is wrong. People like mm-hmm. whistling in the street, for example. That the re- there's so many reasons why it's wrong and it shouldn't happen. But the main thing for me is that when I was younger, I enjoyed being whistled. I was just going to ask you. I, I <laughs> did take it as a compliment. Me too. And that is why it's so bad because now, if mm. that doesn't happen, you go, "Oh my god, I'm I'm worthless now," mm. and I'm not. Why should we have to feel that way over? A, a bloke whistling at us in the yeah. street. It, are we really putting our entire existence and our confidence and self-esteem down to that one whistle? Mm-hmm. And it's not about that one whistle, but, I, you know, if we're just talking about it's things about like that. It's about what it represents. It's, yeah. it's invisibility. invisibility. And I think, I think yeah. that's that, that's the perhaps subconscious or conscious fear mm. of a lot of women is that we're programmed to believe that um, our worth is based on our looks. And yeah. so the second we're no longer even getting the harassment, we're like, fuck, there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. I think I got most of my street harassment when I was a child. Yeah. How disgusting is that? I know. A child. Yeah, me too. The, the, and it was always people who were either on construction or in a car. Mm. So they're like, they're, there's a physical distance between them and you. Yes. So they don't have to actually confront you. Mm. Or they'd be so in they it. think they're not doing anything it, wrong. It's some kind of like power trip power. in it. Because yeah. I'm obviously not going to what do you think I'm going to do? Yeah, go on then, darling. Let me get in your car. Yeah. Like, what What do you think is going to happen? It's, it's a power and control is what I'm really learning about all this. And I've learned all this with, you know, with online sexual harassment, especially. And, you know, doing this documentary I've been doing, again, it's systematic. They're conditioned to believe that they have a right over us, over our bodies, over everything. They have that power and control, power and control. It's it's the two words that keep cropping up. Do you feel like with the increase of women having autonomy and agency over our bodies now with social media, like, so before, like you said, it would have been in a lad mag. So you'd mm. be posing, uh, but it would have been owned by men. Now on yeah. Instagram, social media, women are doing it with their own agency. Some people have OnlyFans accounts mm. that they link mm. to, so they're making money from this. Do you feel like there's this divide between... I'm asking myself this as well, men and women with this need for power because women are gaining more of it? Do you feel like it's coming out Absolutely. of their hands? Men are getting angrier because, yeah. because women are getting stronger. And that is And having more control over our sexuality, Totally. Right? And I, that's a really good way of putting it, actually, because I sit there and wonder constantly about, you know, why is it that my DMs are worse now more than ever? And, um, you know, with cyber flashing and all that kind of stuff, I think that it, it's down to... A lot of it is down to the fact that they have no nowhere else to go with it because mm. we are stamping down on misogyny and um, on harassment in, in the streets and, well, hopefully we'd like to think. But there's something about it being online that they think that they, they're they protected separation, way more. Yeah, there's right? a separation. Yeah, mm. what, what I'm sensing every single day of my life is the anger and frustration that... It's like this impulsive thing that they can't help. They have to, they have to try and have power and control over me especially mm. a sort of person who a, a, a woman who is seen as maybe a strong-minded person who talks about these kinds of things i noticed that the sexual harassment online gets worse the more i talk about it yep
I'm lucky enough, actually, that most men have kind of just ignored my existence on Instagram since the inception of my account because they just didn't think I was talking to them. I've only ever received one dick pic, unsolicited dick pic on Instagram in my life. And no men have ever tried to hit me up. It's like they just completely ignore me. And it's a beautiful place to exist in. But I know how rare that is. Yeah. So yeah, I want to talk about cyber flashing Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of my audience have been through it as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because you went to Parliament to try to change that. I did. So I was fronting, um, thank you. Legally (laughs) blonde. Fully, like with a tiny little dirt. Yeah, so I was fronting a campaign with Grazia. Um, it was looking at the online safety bill. I was I was trying to make cyber flashing illegal. I was mm. trying to make it illegal to send an unsolicited cock shot to cock somebody. Shot. A cock shot, dick pic, all these terms <laughs> that I just can't stand because it completely, it it totally, it negates the severity of them. I can't understand it? the thought process no. behind it. And like and and like to say a dick pic. I think that sounds a bit too sexy. Silly. It sounds too silly. Yeah. It silly. sounds small. A dick dick pic. pic. And yeah. you know what? it's become so part of our lexicon. Yeah. Like it's like oh yeah, guy sending dick pics. How is a man sending his fucking cock to you? Yeah. Just so hundreds of them. Normal. Hundreds and a day. Casual. Hundreds a day. Right. So I I spoke about it. Uh, I wrote an article for Grazia about it saying, you know, because and I was making jokes about mm. it. I was kind of putting up these, I was screenshotting the um, the messages and kind of putting silly, witty little captions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I was doing was, it was actually a bit of a cry for help because I was kind of right. going, I don't want people to think I can't take a joke with all this. And I know that everyone is going to be saying, but you're you're this kind of good time girl that talks about sex on stage and mm, you do all yeah, this Charlotte stuff. Charlotte Big Jug. Yeah, you're, you play Charlotte Big Jug. Surely you <laughs> it, you kind of deserve and expect <gasps> this kind of attention. So I was scared of getting that kind of response. Mm. So I put the messages up there, putting, you know, witty little captions to them to see people's reactions. And I discovered that people were horrified by it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, thank God, because this horrifies this me as well. before you decided to do the documentary? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so, and I was horrified. So uh, I wrote this article and then Graz came to me and said, right, we, we front this campaign. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I was asked to go to Parliament and uh, it was... It was terrible. It was like Hogwarts. No, I know. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. I just think it's so Have you cool. Been? No, no. No, just what you did. I yeah. think it's amazing. And I had to sort of get up and say who I was and, you know, talk about my experiences and why I think that the, uh, the, the importance of safety online is, is so is so important for women and, you know, my opinions on why I think we need to change it. Mm-hmm. And it was met, mostly met with... All yeah. <laughs> but there was this one so guy... So dramatic and British. Yeah, but there was this one MP that yeah. got up and he really went for me and he said... Well, I think he was just playing devil's avocado, as my auntie calls it. Oh. Devil's advocate. Um, he Devil's avi. Yeah, devil's abs. Um, <laughs> devil's avo. Um, <laughs> um, and he said, well, you know, Miss Haytag, one would, one would uh, assume, you, one could say you're in the public eye. You've posted in lads mags. You put yourself out there in a very particular type of way. If this, was, this wasn't Boris Johnson, by the way. Yeah. I don't know why I've turned into Boris Johnson. Everyone in there was Boris Johnson. Um, and he said to me, he said, you know, one might say you asked for this kind of attention. Um, you know, why not make your profile private? Why not do this? Why not do why it was all about what I need to change. Why why don't you do this so that this stops? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Okay. I could come off social media. That that means chopping up a, a lot of my business, mm-hmm. right? Um but also, what I've discovered recently, people go, why don't you just block and delete? Okay, I'll block and delete. Mm. I've done that in the they past. They make another account. They make another account. <laughs> they they could turn up on my doorstep. Yeah. That doesn't stop the fear. No. The fear that, that uh, you know, somebody has sent me this disgusting message mm. with this disgusting photograph. It, the, that doesn't end there. It mm. doesn't, that photograph and that 
intention doesn't end with the photograph. Do you know what this makes me think of? Is I, I also know that you've received threats and had to go to the police yeah, about them rape as well. Threats, yes, threats. rape threats. Yeah. Horrible. And this is the thing. Every is day. That this, this will happen continuously to the same woman, multiple women, but because you're in the public eye, it just makes it 10 times fucking yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, and this will happen to you over and over again. And God forbid something horrible happens. Someone comes to your place, someone does this or that. Yeah. The police say that they always go... Oh, we didn't see this coming. Are you fucking kidding me? And then people are raging been... in the streets. It's like people rage in the streets for a reason because we ignore something all awful the little, happens. We ignore all the little steps. Yes. And it's all of these things. We, we look at these, these, these boys who shoot up scores and they go, we never saw it coming. Yeah. And yet he was yeah. chopping up animals in his bedroom. Totally. Or he was sending death threats to yeah. women like you on social it's media. It's the normalised little behaviours that... that have to be looked at and it's and as much as you know men are getting angry about this going what so I can't I can't whistle at a woman in the street anymore hang no. on a minute so I can't no no just no, just no. don't like you don't need to and it's like if if something so you know you look at the terrible things that happened to Sabina Nessa Sarah Everard um I know particularly you know more details about the Sarah Everard case that this man Wayne Cousins oh I hate even saying his name mm. he was a flasher he was a, you know, he started as a flasher. Didn't see it coming. We didn't see, you know, he, and, it, and his bantery WhatsApp groups with his with his mates. This is why it's important to call out this kind of behaviour. If you're, if you have a, a male friend, and I see, I see some of my male friends doing it now. Mm. If one guy in the group's talking about a girl in in a certain way, in a in a type of disrespectful way, I know men now that will call it out and go, "Come on, man, we don't really talk like that anymore." Let's, you know, and it's tiny little things like that that mm. make all the difference because it that sort of terrible behaviour where it's more extreme. That is evolution of behaviour that started somewhere. Mm. That started with the whistle in the street. That started at, at just getting your knob out on mm. on Instagram, it's getting so your knob out in the street. On the tube. Just kind of going, yeah, I just need to sort of fulfil that need. It's like, that's where, yeah, on the tube, rubbing up against someone mm. or staring at someone. That is where it all starts. When you've been sexually assaulted, harassed, or had guys ghost you or whatever it is, that this yeah. like normalization of shitty behavior from men, the yeah. bar is going to be on the floor. And what does it do? It allows the nice guys to get all the fucking medals and all the fucking rewards in the world yeah, that's for doing so the bare minimum. Yeah, that's so, so it's like true. this this is why rapists, mm. even it, rapists, predators, men who sexually harass women, they make it easier for like everyone. So, so every all men don't rape but all men benefit from the actions of rapists just for not being an asshole. Yeah, just for not and being a rapist. And I love the ones that can just yeah, acknowledge that and just yeah. say, I know it's fucking shit. Mm. I had the best experience of allyship from men um, when I was leaving a pub once. Mm. Uh, my friend went home and I was waiting outside the pub. This is about f three years ago. I had really long blonde hair and it was a bit more striking to like men. I, I feel like I look a bit more gay now. I have pink hair and loads of tattoos. <laughs> but at the gorgeous. time, um, and I'm not saying men don't find that attractive anymore and don't harass me, but I was very like feminine and right. I was stood outside this pub and there was a group of men stood watching me and I felt really intimidated by them. But then one of them walked over and said, hi, I've just seen you on your own. There's quite a few assholes around here. Do you mind if I just watch you from afar? I'm not going to harass you. Just want to make sure you get home safe. I'm, I'm scared of him as well. And I, no, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, yeah. you can stand over there. Yeah. You can stand over there if you want to. Mm. 
And then I was inevitably harassed. Um, some guy tried to get me into his car. Oh, God. Um, some h- homeless guy who was asking me funny. I said, sorry, mate, don't have any change. And then he started grabbing me. So then this guy, every single time I was harassed, this guy from his group of friends came in, intervened, and he didn't even do it in an asshole ego, I'm going to save this woman way. He just went, come on, mate, move the man along. Yeah. My Uber pulls up and the guy goes, go on, get in your car, it's over there. Right. I just got in my car and went home. He genuinely, yeah. he didn't ask for my number. Yes. Yeah, and this, this is the thing I was genuinely expecting. I was like, right, where's the string? Totally. Where's the string? Yeah. What do you want from me from this interaction? And I, yeah. I cried in the Uber home mm. because I had never experienced such a selfless act of allyship from a man before. And mm. I also think that it was because of his bravery to approach me. I understand a lot of men in that situation who do want to be a good guy yeah. would be afraid of making me uncomfortable yeah, in totally, that situation. Yeah. So he acted on that and was fully prepared for me to say, fuck off, I don't want to. And he was like, cool. Yeah, and he put all his cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just felt yeah. so held mm. in that moment. Mm. I knew that whether he called himself a feminist or not, he was. Yes. And I just felt so safe. It's totally, and it's, it's that's it just proves that it's not enough to not be a rapist or um or, or you know, a sexual harass harasser. Harasser, harasser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not enough to be that. You have to I do believe that men now have a bigger job to do. So, so with your documentary on sexual harassment, are you fearing anything it's, with it? I'm fearing it? every. It's so hard. Yeah. I'm just going to be really honest. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, mm. mainly because it's such a situation that is only just being scratched at the surface. That in the past, if I've thought something about something, I've I've been a complete wimp and I've waited for other opinions to come out first before I go. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, no, 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 that sounds terrible. No, I'm, I'm, I'm but wincing like, because I agree. Yeah, but I it's agree. like something like this, especially. It's so frightening. It's like the Me Too movement. It's so frightening. Yeah, completely. In, in terms of you, wait, you yeah. wait for other women totally. just to make sure you're not crazy. And, and I did that. You. I did that with the Me Too movement. You know, I, I've, I'd kept that inside for so long. The things that had happened to me at work, and then I wrote about um, a couple of things that had happened in my book, and then I felt guilty after that, going, "Well, why didn't I speak up before?" And so I've done this. But I've not spoken up about things before. Mm. So with this particular thing, it's the first time I've really, really spoken up at a, at, on a subject that I don't think has been scratched at properly yet, mm. and that really scares me. You know, I, I'm scared of, and I'm very sensitive. I'm yeah. very sensitive. Yeah. I care about what people mm-hmm. think. I'm frightened of being trolled. I'm uh, even more so. Yeah. I'm frightened that the sexual harassment's going to get worse. I'm frightened my safety is going to be compromised even more. Mm. You know, but it's something I feel so passionately about that. And I think in this life, you have to put yourself out there and 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 stand up for for things that you believe in. And I'm at a point now where, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm receiving all of these. The, uh, these messages from these women who have been through similar things, and now I feel like I, I have a voice. I have a voice. Mm. I have a platform. So I've been given this opportunity, and I can't, I can't let it pass me by. So I just it's have a lot to be of risk. brave. It is a lot of risk. Yeah, it because is. E- even me saying I've only ever received one unsolicited dick pic, I was like mm. afraid of saying that because I'm like, are the boys going to be like, well, I'll fucking show you then? Yeah. Like e- even talking about yeah. that kind of stuff is scary because you feel like you open a whole can of worms. I'm also scared. I'm scared of men also not wanting to be around me anymore. I'm scared of that as well. I can't believe I'm admitting that. No, and you know what? It happens. It Mm. happens. Have you thought about women's reactions at all? Yeah, to be honest, I've been working with so many women throughout this process. So I feel like they're more on my side. Yeah, of course, the girlies have got you. Yeah, but... um, I'm scared of men. I am scared of them. I've had like a strange, um, quite complicated relationship with men over the years since mm-hmm. I was very young. As I say, because I've been so sexualized, it's it's this 
feel this this need to feel validated by them and to please them. I'm scared of them. Um, so this is massive for you. Yes. To, if that's the way you've always felt. Yeah, and I've always been a bit of a, you know, I hang around with all the guys and do mm-hmm. all of that. And I, I, I hate it when girls say, oh, yeah, um, no. <laughs> I'm a boys I'm a boys girl. But like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got so many friends, different types, you know, men and women. But like, I have hung, hung around with blokes my whole life. And mm-hmm. I... I I have this sort of layer that, of connection to them, but it's almost like ugh, there's pros and cons to that because th- there's a complication there. It's not, it's not just plain sailing of like pe- men. Uh, people just sort of assume Emily Atak loves blokes. Mm. Emily Atak loves. She, oh, she's obsessed with the fellas. Like that's true to a degree, but there's a lot of complication there, and mm. there's there's. Ugh, it's it's a complex relationship. That I, I imagine have. I imagine with you releasing this documentary that you've got guy friends in your life and you're like like you said this is this is quite a big thing for you if you spent your whole life kind of wanting to be validated by men. You have yeah. a lot of guy friends who you love and trust and you have to pull them up on things sometimes yeah. whatever. I would imagine that maybe some men in your life or men you know in the industry would be like, try to exempt themselves from the stuff that mm. you're talking about. Yeah. That's what I've experienced. Yeah. Um anytime I like to talk about like to talk about sexism no one likes to talk about it mm. um, but someone's got to fucking do it yeah. we've all got to pull in yeah. so anytime I talk about that stuff I've always had men be like but like I'm not a rapist I'm a baby yeah, I didn't no, say you were no. let me talk about yeah. men and then not have to caveat every single thing you obviously know that this is not about you yeah. On just the way that people love to blame women for not explicitly speaking up for themselves and well you should have said no you should have done this you should have, da, 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 da. because women have been raised to be just so placating to every single thing that happens to us and just mm-hmm. agree to everything be nice be pretty whatever mm-hmm. the same way that men have been encouraged by their peers that this is what boys do boys yes. will be boys, boys will the be fucking boys. you've got to let a man be a man do you I know what I mean so it. it's like Ooh. I I would imagine that it's, it is the culture that we live in yeah. but people are culture so yes. people Paul, yes. culture isn't just this mm. thing in the fucking air. Mm. Culture is this thing that people enforce with each other. So if the boys are uh, harassing the girl in the playground, pulling down her skirt, doing this, doing that, sending sexy messages, sending dick pics, whatever, what is allowing that to happen? Mm. Everything, everything. P- people, parents turning a blind eye because yeah. boys will be boys. Teachers All saying, I, I remember at school, it was always the teacher saying to me, you need to wear a longer skirt and you need to take your makeup off. It. it was that, and, and because I was being treated in such a, a certain way by mm. men and women, really. Yeah. Men and, men and some cruel girls but and at the documentary we I, I'm looking a lot at self-blame um, and victim blaming and kind of how my whole life I have felt like all of this behaviour towards me from men is my fault mm. because it, I've been told my whole life it's things I need to change about myself to, to stop it or to prevent it or to protect myself and to be fair people who love and care about me in my life have also said to me maybe you should do this maybe you should yeah. do that because they want to protect me so yes. much and they don't, they don't know what to do about the guys that's like out of their hands that exactly. behaviour so it was all I was just I was so confused as a kid because I was going but what, what I I feel like I haven't done anything wrong mm. what have I done wrong and then I just I brainwashed myself into thinking well this is me this that's is all self-blame. me self-blame yeah. completely I want to say to blokes I want to go we all love you and we all literally bend over backwards for you <laughs> So stop hurting us. Stop yeah. frightening us and mm. making us scared. I'm so scared. Yeah. I'm sick of being scared. I've lived in this fear with this knot in my stomach, whether it's a man 
not treating me right in a relationship or a man not treating me right in the streets. I'm so frightened of them all, mm. whether I'm in a relationship with them or not. Yeah. I'm frightened of how they're going to treat me. You said, I'm afraid of men. Yeah. It reminded me of this quote, men are afraid women will laugh at them. Women are afraid men will kill them. Yeah. That's the world we live in. Yeah. Men are afraid women will laugh at them, reject them, mm. take the piss out of them, blah, 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 all of that kind of insecurity stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of men's identity. They're encouraged to be masculine, protective. They have this identity and an ego. So they're afraid women will laugh yeah. at them and mock them. Okay. But women are afraid men will okay. kill them. I'm scared men are going to rape me. I'm mm -hmm. scared they're going to kill me. I'm scared they're going to break my heart. I'm scared they're going to call me fat. I'm mm. scared they're going to think I'm ugly. I'm scared they're going to watch my fat wobbly ass walk into the bathroom in the morning and then decide they don't want to be with me anymore. I'm, I know. I'm scared that they're, that they're going to be coercive and controlling. I'm scared that they're going to be emasculated by my success. I'm scared, I'm scared they're going to shag my best friend. I'm scared, oh, that, I'm scared they're going to punch me in the face if I've had too much to drink and I, you know, I'm being loud or whatever. And all of that, mm. I'm scared they're going to abandoned, neglect and leave me. Mm. But why would I be frightened of that if they are all these, they've done all these terrible things yeah. and yet I feel like I need them? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry. I know. It's like this confusing cocktail of yeah. fear yeah. and the need to be liked and desired yeah. by them. I wanted to end on something before we go into the listener questions about what you would like to see for the future and what you what you hope for the documentary something like we need to end on some kind of hopeful note I yeah. feel personally for me I ha I have enough wonderful people in my life men as you know men and women who support all of this um I would love to think that the more we speak up uh, the more we refuse to be silenced without sounding too cliche just keep going at it be strong with what we feel what we think not not be not be afraid to be vulnerable mm. as well um not be afraid to admit that we've been a victim i think this word victim has become like a dirty word and it's like people don't want it. people go i'm not a victim i'm a survivor i think you can be both yeah um i think it's important to just keep having the conversation um keep supporting each other I think the thing with the victim-survivor thing is almost this, um, again, what you said about afraid of being vulnerable. Mm. Because to say you're a victim is to say you're probably still in the middle of healing from it. Mm. And there's a sense of... You'll always I'm, try and heal from always, it. Always, always. For the rest of your life, yeah. you'll be healing. And I think that's okay. I think, we, we obviously, we live in a world too where it's like, you have to be body competent. You have to love yourself. You have to not be a victim. It's like, sometimes I just want to sit there and go... I, I'm done. I'm afraid I'm, of men. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really quite damaged mm. by the things that have happened to me, and I'm working on it. Going back to what we were saying in the beginning, yeah. I, I'm a work in progress. You know, but I think I will be for the rest of my life. I don't think mm -hmm. I will ever get it perfect or get it right. And I think that is really important to kind of stress and put out there that we're never going to get it perfect or get it right, but we have to try and mm -hmm. just be better, men and women. Do you know what I would like? I would like for women to be allowed to be a bit more messy and yeah. not have to think about every single decision we make yeah. because there are these parameters around us that if we get too close to them, we could be hurt. Wear, wear this and that, you could get hurt. Say yeah. this, say your opinion. I would love to just I'm be exhausted. able to unravel a little bit, <laughs> yeah. be a bit more messy, let yeah. go of my perfectionistic tendencies, allow myself to make mistakes mm. because I know that there is this structure where men are holding themselves accountable for their actions and I know that when I leave the street, if someone's going to harass me, someone's going to intervene. Mm. I that That's like the fucking utopia for me is where... 
women can be a bit more messy and just let mm. go yeah. because we don't we can't even go on a night out without doing the fucking checks doing the did you get home safe texting your friends I'll join you to the yeah. bathroom can you hold my drink and cover it with your hand so it's not being spiked yeah. I would love to just be relax yeah. and be messy and feel inside of my body instead of constantly analysing what it's doing yeah, totally. because people are responding to it in this way yeah. or if I, I, I do I, this, I actually, if I look at this man is he going to think I want to fuck him yeah. like what I, I think as well going back to the media thing I think as well the media have a lot uh, have a big part to play in this even just talking about like even just having headlines about how they write about women you know flaunting ample assets um, you know Emily Atat wears jaw-dropping dress and flashes cleavage. To, I'm just wearing you. an outfit. I Googled yeah, you. It's to, every to, single I Googled headline. you to look about your documentary. Mm-hmm. I was like, right, let's, let's check it out. Assets. You literally leave a fucking yeah. house. Mm. And it's like, yeah, you're flaunt, flaunting, flaunting ample assets. And that that is so <laughs> Shows dangerous. Off. That is dangerous because that... That is saying you're that I'm, yeah, I'm just existing. You're existing. I'm walking to work. And you're fla- no, you're not. You're flaunting. I'm you're flaunt- showing it off. The fact that, we're, and this, I think that says it all. We live in, we're, we're conditioned to think that women are flaunting, not existing. Mm. We're flaunting. We're asking for it. Okay, so Emily, these are some questions from my audience. Could you give me a hand answering them? Yeah. Okay. Here's one. I like posting thirsty pics of myself looking sexy, but my boyfriend hates it. Should I stop doing it to please him? This is a hard <laughs> one. This is a hard one. Right. Thirst trapping is something I've sort of started learning about in recent years. <laughs> I do it when I fancy someone, right? Yeah, yeah. But th- well, this is the thing. I can tell when when a girl is like single fancy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, she, or she's like date, dating someone new mm. I can tell with my mates when they're doing it intuition If you're, but this is another thing this is another reason why um, I, I hate it when people say you're asking for this all kind of attention I want to go but I am on the dating scene as well mm. so I do want to f- still seem sexy and attractive yeah. to the men that I want to date yeah. So, and I think that's fine but we should be able to do that without being um, harassed and yes. you know yeah, so yeah. It's, oh, if you've got a boyfriend, I mean, look, if, you're, if your relationship is good and secure, he shouldn't really be concerned. No. There should be no concerns. Maybe he's concerned about what men are thinking, and that mm. is not her fault. Yeah. So that yeah, is, yeah. Th- there's another blaming thing going on here. It's like, it's kind of saying, well, she's putting those things up. She's in a happy relationship, as mm. far as we know. So this isn't about other men. This is about, this is maybe about her feeling confident in herself and wanting yeah. to show off a nice outfit or, you know, showing showing off her sexiness, which isn't always about trying to please another bloke. No. He's probably, he's thinking that because of what other blokes are thinking. And that's not her fucking problem. Mm. So keep doing it. I would, yeah, and I, I, I would say also, she has to think about her non-negotiables. So yeah. I have non-negotiables when it comes to dating and relationships. Right. So she's got to think, if this man, at first, if he like threatens to leave her because of these pictures, immediately, no. No, no. yeah, that's, um, yeah. But again, we, we need a lot of context. There's almost yeah, of no context with this. Um, but also, th- this is just the question of like, th- there are sex workers who are in happy, healthy, monogamous relationships and mm. use social media to promote their OnlyFans. People, women do this all the time and there are people who are so confident in their relationship that they're like, yeah, you go make your money. You could, you go do this, you go yeah. do that. So it depends on this, if this woman um, feels like it's a non-negotiable and also the way that the man is coming at it. Mm. So is he coming at it for, it sounds like a place of maybe ownership with her body. Yeah, it does a bit. Um, it, I feel, I'll just ask him why. Yeah, like why, yeah. Is, is he afraid of what, you what, you flirting with other here? people? Mm. Yeah. Where's the trust? Where's the trust issue? Is it, it with her or is it with other guys or mm-hmm. what? My new boyfriend makes laddish, bantery jokes that make me feel uncomfortable. 
any tips on how to handle it without coming off as a killjoy? Well, get, I think rid we're, get, <laughs> get rid of him. Get rid of him. But we're, 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 Laddy bantery jokes, especially if he's describing them as that. He's got to go. Yeah, <laughs> I feel. I feel like I. I have a lot of feelings about like the cheeky boys and mm. the, and the lads and the banter and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, the, and there's almost this pressure. I'm such a. I can have banter, but the moment like it starts to get laddy, makes me really mm, uncomfortable. And mm. I, I am a killjoy in those moments because my, fa- I cannot fake laugh. I find yeah. it so uncomfortable. I, I, I will not yeah, betray my no, face. Yeah, yeah. I will not betray my face I think, like that. I think though, I think the times have changed. I think there was a time at school where I would have laughed with laddie banter but now I'm a bit you know I'm older now at the expense now. of other people yeah. that's what I don't like yeah, no, that's it's shit yeah it's so shit and especially now I, I would like to say I, I would like to think I hang around with people now where I wouldn't feel like that so actually it, if I had a boyfriend that was making me feel uncomfortable mm. in any way that's something you really need to address well, that was a fucking amazing conversation. I feel so rejuvenated. It's been so long since I've spoken about anything to do with sexual harassment, really, on social media um, or on my podcast. It's always a subject that gets me really charged because it's essentially the root of why I started doing this work in the first place. And it makes me so excited that Emily is producing her documentary on sexual harassment and opening up about her experiences. I think she's fucking incredible. And I really hope that uh, this message kind of provided some insight for you um, and maybe even gave you a little laugh as well. I think there's, there's a lot of power in being able to laugh at the shitty things that happen to us. Thank you so much again to Emily for joining me today. And thank you to all of you for listening. If you want to find Emily on social media, you can follow her at Emily Atak. That's Emily A-T-A-C-K on all social media. I want to give a massive thank you to the formidable Black Honey who composed the original theme music. You can find them on Instagram at at BlackHoneyUK and check out their latest album, written and directed. This is a Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment production. My producer is Millie Charles, assistant producer is Ella McLeod, executive producer is Carly Mayo, the production coordinator is Lily Hambly, and I want to give a special thanks to Chris Skinner, Jonathan Imiri, Ryan O'Meara, and Teddy Riley for additional production, and a big thanks to our engineers, Josh Gibbs and Gully Lawrence Tickle, and mix engineer, Jay Beale. 